hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org. It was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was the daughter was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blamelessly. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside of the hour of incense. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side, everybody say right side, of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and look, fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear, will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy, look at this, and you have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and to the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people, look at this, prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I'm Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and to bring to you these glad tidings. But behold, (laughs) you'll be mute. You're not gonna be able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people, look at this, here we go. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled at the lingering, as he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned to them and remained speechless. He had made them sign language. So it was as soon as the days of his service was completed in the temple that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived And she hid herself five months saying, thus the Lord had dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Now in the sixth month, the angel of Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom, look at this, there will be no end, right there. I want you to think about this. 
before this was, was written, there was, a, there was silence in the entire land for 400 years. From Malachi, which we saw, from Malachi to Matthew, to John the Baptist's days, was 400 years of silence, nothing written. There was no open vision for people to be able to see. In other words, it wasn't this so much that God still didn't speak to people. It's just that nobody made sense of anything. Nothing was happening. It was just kind of dormant. And people just kind of going through the motions. 400 years. And we're, talk, we're not talking like two months. We hit dry spells in two weeks. 400 years. 10 generations of people. All they had to go by was the scriptures and experiences of life. You got a guy named Zacharias that's from the priesthood. Zacharias in the temple doing his business, his work. He did it every day. He was an old guy, so he did it for years and years and years. His wife had not had a child. He had nothing to pass on, which really was in his heart. Because think about this. Here was a, here's a high priest in there doing the work, and the high priest's work was supposed to be passed down to the next generation. He didn't have anybody to pass that down to. So you know what was going through his mind as he was going through his service into there, in the presence of the altar of incense. He's in there doing his daily work, just faithful with God. The Bible says that he was, him and Elizabeth were faithful or righteous because they kept all the commands, did everything that was right, kept the holy book, worked hard, prayed hard, fasted hard, did everything that they knew to do, but there was still something that was missing in their life. How many of us in here today do the Lord's work the best that you know how to do it, but there's just something in your life you just can't get come to pass. You just can't get it. There's a, there's a void inside of you that you just can't seem to break through. You just can't ha- make it happen. No matter how hard you try, you pray about it, you fast about it, you t- and sometimes you don't feel like going into the temple and burning our, uh, incense at the altar. There's days you don't feel like praying. There's days you don't feel like reading. There's a days that everybody gets on your nerves. You know what I'm talking about? Because it's just not working for you. Now, you've come too far to turn back, right? So there's no t- chance on you going back out into the world and living the way the world wants you to live and you know, back to the, the, the way it used to be. And you know, God already has you and he knows that. And that's a little frustrating place to be. When you know you've come too far with God that you have enough, enough experience that it's not an option to go back, but you certainly aren't going forward like you thought you wanted to. And you're in a place of being stuck. Now, I want you to think about this. Zacharias was right in that place. He had a burden in his heart. His heart was heavy. His wife couldn't, he couldn't give his wife what he wanted, what she wanted. All those things were going through his, his mind, but he still was faithful in his service. He was still faithful carrying out his, 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 his deal. You have to be faithful even when things aren't the way you want them to be. You have to be diligent even when all things are stacked up against you. You have, why? To get God to do it? No, it's just the right thing to do. The days of trying to get you to do right so God will bless you are, are, are sometimes used as manipulation tools by preachers and leadership to get you to do something because they're so afraid you're going to go sin. I don't see it that way. If you're going to sin, I can't stop you because nobody asked me permission to go sin. Nobody calls me on the phone and says, listen, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Nobody does. They've always called me by, after they've already done it, <laughs> right? And then I said, you get it out of your system? Because <laughs> you got to get out of But here's the deal. You got to be faithful. You're going to have to be faithful where you are. You're going to have to be diligent where you are. Why? It's not because God's going to bless you one day because your faithfulness 
God, that's hard to believe. He blesses you because he blesses you. It's in his nature to bless you. You're doing right because it's the right to do right. If you do things to get God to bless you, you'll think when you don't think things are good, he'll take it away. No, if you don't do things that are right, he won't take it away, you'll just lose it. You don't treat her right, she will go. You don't treat him right, and it won't be God going, I'm taking him away from you. No, he's just this pretty smart man. We over-spiritualize a lot of this stuff. If you don't eat healthy, you know all this, the rules. You know what I'm talking about? But that's not where this is today. We've, we're, we're maturing as a body to line up with the head. And it's past the point of all this other stuff that we, we, we're putting on people to try to get them to do something. Listen, this man was faithful for years. He was well, his wife was well stricken in age and he, he was an old man. And, 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 and all of a sudden, in the perfect season, in the time, it was the fullness of time, God began to move. And if God never moved, he needed to still be faithful. Right? It's not a condition. It's timing and it's where we are in society because your plan in your life, that burden that you're living for God for and wanting God to do is not just about you. It's about how it's connected to everybody else. She'd had a baby 20 years ago when they'd been trying her 30 years ago. He'd have been too old. Can you trust the plan that God has for you right now? That if he says no, it doesn't mean you're a bad person and you're causing all these things to come on your life. If he says delay, hold on. Will you still be faithful and trust him in your time sensitive time? In your pause? Because sometimes we think God's hit stop, but he really didn't hit stop, he hits pause. And when he hits pause, it's for a season. But I've never seen God hit pause and then go right back to play. When God hits pause, he goes to fast forward. He'll redeem the time that you think you lost when you thought he hit stop, but it really was pause. And boom, things begin to accelerate. Am I making sense? He moves fast when he moves. And it seems like he don't move at all when he doesn't move. But your job is not to try to twist his arm with your goodness. You just gotta know that he's good regardless of what you see. And I'll tell you, I'm gonna show you why here in just a minute. Now here's what happened. Zacharias is faithful in his service. He's doing his job, doing what he's supposed to be doing. But his heart was still heavy for some things that weren't happening in his life. He, things were outside of his control. But the things that were in his control, he did them because they were right. Don't try to focus all your attention on things and people that you can't control. Focus all your attention on the things that are within your control. What can you do? What adjustments need to be made for you? Boy, if they would only, if they could just get them to come around, if they could just get them, that's true. But while you're focusing on them, you're missing some really valuable time on you. Merry Christmas. You all know what I'm talking about? Because he was faithful, what he was doing. 
all of a sudden in the fullness of time, in the moment when he, it was, it was a sudden, it was a surprise to him. I promise you, he didn't walk in there one day and go, man, I believe that today's the day I'm going to have a visitation. Now he was in the temple where the spirit of God was supposed to be. He was going in the presence of God. People were outside praying while he was inside working. He was petitioning. He was going in doing his thing. People out there were just lingering and praying and interceding for the whole nation of Israel and, and, and things to happen. He comes into the scene. All of a sudden, at the right side, which is the right side, because at the right hand of God, there's pleasures forevermore. That's why it was the right side. Pleasures forevermore. So he looks at the right side, and all of a sudden, here comes this man, or this angel shows up named Gabriel and says, hey, I, I understand you're, you're, you're a good man. I heard all that, but look, it's time. It's your season. And, and the Lord has heard your prayer and your cry, and I know it's been years. I know it's been decades, but all of that has been culminating for now because it's the fullness of time. Because why? Because Israel has come to this place. He's got a woman named Mary over here you don't even know about yet. Roman government is in this place. He has stationed the landscape of society and culture that's a perfect situation for now I can release in you what I want to release in you. I've seen the Lord, I've seen people pray to sell houses and property and hold it for 10 years. And finally somebody come and just all of a sudden buy it. And they've been diligently trying to do what they know to do for 10 years and go, God, why aren't you doing it? What am I? And all that 10 years, they're, they're peeling off all their flesh. They're going, something's wrong with me, God. What have I done? I need to give more. I need to fast more. God, I, I do forget that person from five years ago. And they start peeling all this stuff off. Before you know it, you've taken so much personal inventory only to find out this particular person I'm talking about for 10 years, 10 years, the guy tried to sell this property. And he apologized to people he didn't even, what even mad at to try to get it off of him. I, he's trying to be holy, be holy. When the, finally the thing came to pass and the man sold the property, the guy that told him, he said, the Lord put this on my heart 10 years ago, but I have not done it yet. I said, what did you tell him? He said, can I be honest with you? I said, yeah, what'd you tell him? He said, I cussed him out. He said, I've been wrestling with this thing for 10 years. I said, you cussed him? He said, yes, I cussed him. He said, I figured I'd repented for 10 years of everything else I did. I could at least get away with that one. He said, I cussed him. He said, I'm tired of it. He said, why didn't you do it? Like, here's what he said. The man said, the man said, well, here's my problem. He said, uh, I had a kid that was, child was sick and I was spending all my money on medication and back and forth to doctors and I was afraid to take the risk. And the man says, is your kid healed now? What's this? He said, my kid still has the problem but I come to the conclusion in my life that I can't just keep going on because I'm missing too many opportunities. He says, so I just jumped up and said, I'm just not gonna let this fear paralyze me anymore and hold me back from things I believe the Lord wants me to do. And he did it. The man's heart broke and said, God. But then he started realizing, what am I doing that's holding up somebody else based on my fear? Now watch how this story plays out. Zacharias is doing his business. Here comes that Gabriel. You're the Bible says Gabriel was afraid. I'm sorry, that Zacharias was afraid. Gabriel looks at him and says, fear not. Here's a guy petitioning the Lord on behalf of a nation, seeking the presence of God, wanting the Messiah to return, come and show us and take this junk off of us, free us, we're oppressed, we're, we're condemned, it's not good. God, where are you? We're just seeking the kingdom, we just want you, we want you. And all of a sudden a messenger on behalf of God shows up and it scares him to death. 
will you know when God's speaking to you by a messenger, does it bring fear into you when the Lord tells you what to do? If the Lord speaks to you about your particular situation and it don't cause you to shake, I wonder if it's the Lord. Every monumental decision I've ever made in my life, I had an opportunity to be afraid or full of faith and go straight ahead. And every one of them, every one of them, I was afraid first. I wish I could say I was like David, just ran right at the Goliath, but I didn't. Did you? Do you? Gabriel looked at him and said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You're gonna have a child. That child's gonna be the preparer for the Lord. Because God's working a plan that's bigger than your, just your need, your desire. He's connecting dots in your life that you don't even know what he's connecting. You would have never left that job if I'd have answered it back five years ago. You would have put up with the abuse for years and years and years just because somebody told you you needed to. You'd have watered yourself down, dumped yourself down, and you would have never succeeded unless I allowed things to happen and unfold. God allows things to unfold where the picture becomes more clear so he can impact more people. Don't be afraid, he said. If you're afraid, it's okay to know you're afraid. Just don't stay afraid. Noah was moved with fear to build the ark. Zechariah said, all right, here we go. This is the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life, but I'm doing the work of the Lord. The Lord shows up and I'm scared. What are you gonna do when he answers your prayer? Are you ready for it? Or have you learned to labor and toil over the prayer to be answered and relax your preparation time so when it happens, you're not really ready for it to happen anyway. You can't pray for the new job and when the one's offered to you, that's better than you ever thought you'd have. You don't have the courage to leave the other one you had. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting pretty real here today. This is a real deal. This is rubber meets the road. This is life. I could tell you the Bible story. We'll celebrate it, sing another Christmas carol, get Steph back up here, Curtis, and we'll do a wonderful thing real fast and, and it'll be great and we'll all celebrate joy to the world and all those things, the Savior come. But listen, unless the Savior invades your life, Amen. unless you're faced with a moment in time when you're afraid and going, oh God, what am I doing? I've been praying for something that I don't know that I'm ready to really walk into now. Now that it's here, it's gonna, when he answers the prayer that you've been praying, it's gonna change your whole life. I don't mean just take pressure off of you. I mean change your everyday life. Change the way you see, where you look, the way you drive, where you go to school, where you go to home. He's going to change there. And when he begins to change it all, are you going to be prepared to go through the time after the initiation of that? It's, it's coming. It's here it is. Now it's starting to unfold. And you're going, oh my God. Am I prepared for sleepless nights, more work and less, less uh, pay, less time, reward? Because you've got to put yourself in that thing. It's inconvenient. 
It's hard. There's sweat. There's tears. I wish I could just say it was all fine. But here's the deal. It's not working that way today. Now, if, if, if you're wanting God to heal you, and he will, I believe he will heal you. He will take that off of you. I'm talking about those people that are working a purpose and a plan that he's working in your life that's bigger than you. I'm talking about a career. I'm talking about a family. I'm talking about a child. I'm talking about life decisions that all of a sudden change everything. Zacharias, you, don't you think when he went back and, 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 and of course, the, the Bible says that the Gabriel made him mute because he didn't believe him. He said, you're, going, you're not going to be able to say a word. I'm a, I want to begin to do something that you've been praying for for years and you won't even be able to talk about it. I'm going to answer your prayer and not let you tell the testimony. Think about that. He couldn't even go back and tell his wife he couldn't speak. She had experienced it, didn't get it told. I'm sure he wrote it down on paper, gave her sign language, but the reality of it is, she gets pregnant. She's got the baby now. The baby's coming. Now watch this. The baby comes. Here they come. All these people around him now are excited about it. They're going, he's, they said, we're gonna, call his, we're gonna name him Zacharias after his daddy because he finally got somebody that's gonna get into the lineage and now we got the next generation of priesthood. What? The next generation of people that will work seeking after something that is still yet to come. Seeking after something. It's, it's, it's great to posture yourself. It feels good to posture yourself on God's gonna, God's gonna, God's gonna. But what do you do and how do you live when God is? It changes everything. It's convenient Man, I've got the prayers. I've got them written down. I've had a, I've got a prayer thing I wrote years ago, and it's great. God, I need you to. God, I need you to. Buddy, but when he starts answering what you said you need him to, the notebook goes off to the side because you've got to get to figure out a new way of life because things begin to change. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that. My God, that changes that. Now, that, now this is affected by that. And you're going, oh, my God, what am I doing? Find another reason to go, God, will you? God, will you? God, will you? No, it's God is. They said, hey, we're going to name him Zacharias because it feels good to say, God, will you? They said, no, you can't name him Zacharias. His name's John. Because it won't be what will, it's what is. As soon as his name was called John, his tongue was loose, and he began to open up and talk. This is my boy. This is my son. You're not going to label him. You're not going to put him in a box. You're not going to put him in a package. No, I can't have him repeat the same thing I did. I did it for 40 years. I went into the wilderness or into the temple. I burned incense. I made sacrifices. I petitioned God. I prayed. I fasted. I sought. I lamented. I did all of those things. God, will you? God, will you? But I got a boy right now that I can't have go through that same process that I went through. This, this, this next generation can't see me labor over something to come. I need him to experience what is happening now. His name is John. Loose tongue. Tell the story. Tell the story. You could tell what? Tell, if I would have told it then, his message would have still been the same. God's gonna. God's gonna. Elizabeth, you're not gonna believe this. I was in there burning incense in the temple and an angel came and said, 
we're going to have a child. We're going to have a child. He's answering a prayer. You don't think they've heard that before? He wasn't going to let them keep giving promises what God was going to do because the season had already changed and God was doing it. What are you going to do? How are you going to live when you take the first step into what is instead of what's going to, what's going to, what's going to? What are the obstacles that are in your life right now that are here that your life would be different if God did? I want you to prepare in your heart that God is. For five months, he couldn't say a word, but he already knew the season had changed. She was pregnant. Here's what happened. She goes to a cousin of hers house named Mary. And she walks in this room and Mary's there. What she doesn't know was the same messenger that was working inside the church. There was a messenger that was working outside the church. It was working in the religious system, but it was also working in the world. And the same messenger that came from heaven went to the church and said, I'm telling you the season's changed. Went also to a virgin named Mary and said, the season has changed. You're with child. She said, how can this thing be? What I don't understand is John asked the same question or Zacharias asked the same question. He gets muted. She didn't get muted. Why is God easier on the people in the world than he is in the people in the church? Man, that sounded like a movie theater right there, didn't it? <laughs> Suspense. Why is it, why do they get answered prayer? And they cuss every breath they have and, 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 they're, and, they're, and they're living for the, the world and they're doing it. And I'm over here giving and praying and fasting and doing it. And, and, and I, why is it that, because what you don't understand is God works in the church and out of the church. And he's working all things together for good. So when Mary walks upon Elizabeth and they enter the same room, listen to this. The Bible says that what Mary was carrying was a baby. What Elizabeth was carrying was a baby. And when Elizabeth said, you pregnant too? The Bible says that their, the, the babies leaped in their womb. One was pregnant with hard la- from hard labor in years gone by. One wasn't even asking for it and got it. Oh my God, this is so good. You know why I'm telling you this? We've entered into a new season of life with the body of Christ that the sinners are gonna be blessed too. People that don't even ask for it are gonna get blessed. And then us that have been faithful for years, that have labored, 
we'll get blessed too. But we can't get our eye on them because we'll think it's because of our labor that caused us to get blessed. No. The blesser just blesses. And he does what he does. Because his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. And what he wants from you today, it's time to get back off the bench. Back in the game. You've been doing life over and over. And people haven't been faithful around you. There's situations and circumstances that are around you outside of your control. You can't control them. And if you're not careful, you'll let those things start controlling you and it affects your daily life. Today's a summons that says, listen, I'm working something bigger than you could ever imagine. And what I need you to do is to be faithful where you are. I need you to re-engage. I need you to believe me that the season has changed. I need you to, to believe me that there's something working bigger than you can think. That I've, I've already invaded all I've got to plan, but if I told it all to you right now, because you were so caught up in the system, you would do it a disservice by trying to explain it. So I'm not even gonna give you the ability to explain it. I'm just gonna do it. And I don't need you to tell everybody what I'm gonna do. I need you to tell everybody what I'm doing. If you'll engage with me what I'm doing right now, but wait, wait a minute, it, it's much easier after he restores the marriage to tell people that he restored him. No, I need him to know now, right now, that my heart breaks sometimes and I cry myself to sleep and I don't have any more tears to hit the pillow and I'm empty and I'm hurting and I'm banged up and I'm bruised and I can't control out there and I hurt so much, but God, I still believe you're who you say you are. I know financially things are just going down the tubes and I've spent all I've had. I don't even, I'm exhausted with even trying to find the, re, the avenues to get it to where it is. I'm tired, but I know God, you're faithful. He said, tell them to remind them and remind themselves of what I've done for you in your past. I brought you out when you didn't even know how to get out. I blessed you, not be, because of you, but I blessed you in spite of you. I healed you when you didn't even know what to pray for. I kept you alive when everybody counted you out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not what he's gonna do. It's what he's doing. But God, it's stretching me. You don't understand. I feel like my insides are being ripped out. Oh, I know they are. I know they are. And it hurts, I know. But you don't understand, it's expanding the capacity of what I can pour back into you in the season. But God, you said you never put on more than I can bear and you'd find a way of an escape. I don't see a way of an escape. And no, no, listen, this isn't escapism. It's going through it. But the through it is hurtful, it's painful. I don't know how much more I could take. My kids see it and, and, and things are falling apart and I, I, gotta, I can't even put my hands around. Oh no, you can, you can I, because you're not going through this fire alone. What you don't understand is, don't you remember in the story of Zacharias? What was he doing? He was in the temple working. Yes, but he was burning incense. What? Yeah, he was 
He was burning something. He was bur- and it feels like fire and it burns and it hurts and it's painful. And God, I feel like my, si- my insides are ripping out. My mind's tormented. I can't sleep at night. And I just thought I got to get something. If the doctor could just prescribe me something to get me to, to rest because the pressure is overwhelming. And the Lord says, oh, God, you don't understand. I'm not going to do anything. I'm already doing what I need to do. The season has already changed. You'll walk out of this thing with even the, not even the smell of smoke on you or mud on your feet. You'll come out on the other side and you'll look back and you'll say, oh God, I'm so thankful that I went through that process. I wouldn't want to go through it again, but I wouldn't trade knowing you for who you are today for anything in this world. And you'll say, God, can I ever have be happy again? Yes, you can be happy again. When you can enjoy the journey, you can certainly enjoy the destination. But don't you give up the journey just to get where you think you could go. Why? Because it isn't all about you. It's about a plan he's working. Zacharias, Elizabeth, can you endure, endure the journey? Yes. Why? Because what I'm giving birth to now through this process It's going to be a forerunner to prepare the way of the Lord. Would you stand with me? Oh, yeah. How many in here today, you do, you need God to do something. You need an end result. You need God to just say, God, God. I just need you to take that away or change that. I need this to happen, right? Anybody in here? You just need, God, I need this to happen. And you've already got it written down what you think the prescription is the best that will bring off the, give you the best result. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've already told him, God, here's what I need to happen and here's the roadmap I need you to take me on. How many of you know that God doesn't use your GPS instructions? The destination will be better and greater than you thought it would, but I promise you he won't use the shortest or the quickest route. This doesn't happen. Why? Because he's working to work in you that's greater than you can ever imagine. We'll always take the path of least resistance, but not God. He'll take us through it and through it because the testimony that he's got for you is going to speak for itself. He don't need you to embellish it, tell him what you did or how you helped him along. See, if Zacharias would have went back and told that story, he would have been able to say this. Man, that angel said, we were righteous people, me and her. We kept all the commandments and doing everything right. But the problem was there was a woman over there that didn't have any clue what that was about. Her name was Mary. And then he had a Joseph that was an innocent bystander that got blamed. In most churches today, Jesus would not have been qualified to be dedicated to the Lord. I'm just saying. They weren't married. Wouldn't admit the qualifications. You got to scrap in your mind everything religion has tied you up with. And this thing is about to get raw. It's about to get real. It's about to get personal. But it's the best thing that's ever happened. 
you'll reinvent why you worship the way you worship. It won't be just because you can sing, just because you can lift your hand. Oh, no. It's going to be because, man, the best worship is when you're crunched and squeezed and it didn't happen yet and it's pure and you, you don't even sound good because you don't even, you're not even on pitch. Why? Because you can't even muster up a pitch. You're hurting so bad. And you're looking at your kids and you're going, God, and every time you see them, you just, it's a reflection of your problems because you're going, oh my God, how, how did I get here? How did, God, if I could all go, you can't go back and change it. You can't. Forget that. Close that door. Let that Red Sea claw, claw, close. No, you're not going back. Now you're in the wilderness, in the journey. Why? Because he's right here in the midst of this process. And this thing's going to change your life. And the testimony of God will be on your life to the point where you don't have to tell it. It'll be evident for everybody to see. In fact, you'll do it a disservice by telling it because he'll tell it better than you can tell it with your life. Father, in Jesus' name, I lift every person up here to you. There's so many variables in our lives today, God, that's going so many different directions. And God, we all have this desire to, to be free, to have the pressure off of us. And we have, I mean, it's, it's Christmas season and we'd like to do, be, be able to do more. And God, we can't even get excited, some of us, about the holidays. We can't even get, because the, the, the pressure and the pressure and the, oh God, oh help us, Lord. And the Lord said to tell you, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process, but it's painful, God. I know it's painful, but it's doing a work in your life that you couldn't do for yourself. You can't change them, only you can do what you do. Be faithful, be diligent, smile. Why? Because God has got this all where he needs it to be. In, this, in, a, in a twinkling of an eye, it's gonna change. In a matter of a moment, Zacharias was praying and working and all of a sudden the very thing he'd been praying about appears to him and he got afraid. God said he's going to startle you, overtake you. He's going to just pour out his spirit upon your life and things are going to begin to be different. And you're going to begin to see a reality of what you've been praying about, a reality of what you've been seeking. And the Lord said, you don't know how to ask for what he's just about ready to show you. So open up your eyes, open up your ears and embrace every day of your life because he's going to show himself, speak to you. You're going to evolve. You're going to improve. You're going to increase. You're going to grow. You're going to mature. And God said, it's all for now. Everything you've gone through yesterday is culminating for right now because he's working a plan that's bigger than you. And he's going to use you right in the midst of your circumstance and situation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.